This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I'm joined by the people's champ himself, Matt Baxendale. All right, so I got to cover this pretty cool NIL event last night that was hosted by the Foundation, uh, the collective that was started by Brian Schottenstein and Cardiel Jones, of course. Um, and they had five early enrollee freshmen that signed with them. Um, sources tell Bucknuts that it was in the each of those young men got uh, NIL deals in the six figures from the foundation. So I got a chance to hang out and talk to uh, Jermaine Matthews, Noah Rogers, uh, Carnell Tate, Jelani Thurman, Malik Hartford, pretty good group of guys. And, and I asked a lot of questions about like, you know, like, especially like, like a guy like Jermaine Matthews, other teams trying to poach them and, you know, how Ohio state won out. And he said, you know, they knew what guys like Jackson Smith and Jigger were getting in others. And that really helped them kind of seal the deal with Ohio state and backs a lot of them said, you know, we're asked questions about this too. A lot of them didn't believe some of the other schools when they would float numbers out there. They didn't get specific. They said some of it sounded like BS to them. But sounds like to me, what are your take on this? That Ohio State's kind of catching up in the NIL game. Your take? Well, I guess I wasn't as panicked as a lot of other people were at the start of like the whole panic time in November and December. But the way Ohio State seems to have structured it early on is that the guys who are here and are the top-end guys, that's never been a question on compensation. I mean, DJ was driving a Rolls-Royce this year. Like, JSN made seven figures this year, right? So the big issue we all were worried about was is there enough up front in the NIL side for the recruits out of high school to get some of these top kids? And the names you just mentioned, look where they're from, right? These aren't just Ohio kids that we're landing that are from Ohio. I mean, you got Thurman out of Georgia, right? Arnold Tate's from the South as well. It's these guys, you know, if there was Southern collected that were trying to steal them, well, guess what? Ohio State had enough firepower to hold them off. And I think that's a good thing right now. And I think the way NIL is going to go, like once this settles right now, because you have people just throwing money around. It's like, like you sort of said that they all were looking at kind of crazy money numbers that they necessarily didn't believe. It's going to be that, you know, early enrollees make – a strong number, especially higher rated kids. But once you start actually producing, then you start making the real money, right? 
you're going to have guys like, you know, when Marvin Harrison it was uh, enrolling at Ohio State, he would have been one of these guys that we talked about, like that were there last night. He's a very good prospect. He's a Carnell Tate level prospect from Frank, right? And now Marvin, I bet you a million dollar plus guy in NIL next year because of who he is, right? Probably way more than that. So that's just part of the supply and demand side of it. Basic economics that just takes a little while to settle when you have all the disruption and waves. So I think we're seeing Ohio State getting itself into a good position here. I'm very pleased to hear that those guys are all at a six-figure level. because Those also weren't the top five guys ratings-wise in the class either, right? Uh, I, I believe Hartford was barely a top 250, if I memory serves. So that those guys are all the top, top 10, though. According to the composite, they're, they're five of the top 10 in Ohio State's class of the 20. True. Yeah. True. True, they are. But, um, you know, and, and it's not just these guys, by the way, that we're seeing NIL deals for, right? I mean, look at National Signing Day. We had people sitting there and holding out for a little bit different compensation, if you will. So I, I think it's good that we're seeing this, this going on. I think it's going to continue. And like anything new, there's kind of hits or misses. If we're having the worry next year that Ohio State's NIL is big enough, then, you know, we can revisit this. But I think NIL right now is the replacement for, oh, they're paying them down south when we lose out on kids. That's just kind of my assessment on it right now. It's funny you say Carnell Tate uh, from the south. I forgot, too, that he's from – he did go to IMG, but he's actually from Chicago because we were there yesterday and, and kind of joking with – the guy's like, hey, this is how it always is in, in Columbus, you know, with Jelani Thurman, you know, and uh, Noah Rogers. And I, too, forgot Carnell Tate. I was like, Carnell, it's always like this in January. Like, it's going to be like – it's going to be 47 in Columbus today. And I'm like, this is how it always is. And then Patrick Murphy had to remind me, well, Carnell's actually from uh, Chicago. I'm like, oh, yeah. I totally forgot that, too. I, He's been in IMG for, what, so three years? said that. So the biggest takeaway was I felt like that – it was huge hearing the perspective from the recruits themselves – Guys, all five of them were were try, teams were trying to poach them. All five of them. Jermaine Matthews might have been the most um, well documented of the five, um, but all five of them were being trying to be poached, and all five of them said glowing things about Ohio State's NIL situation. So yeah, so I think if if that was my biggest takeaway is it feels like Ohio State is catching up with, in the NIL game. All right, let's, let's go ahead. All I did, that's just that we have to just be in the ballpark, right? If you're Ohio State, you're a top five team every couple every year, you're in the playoffs, what three of the last four years, you're sending kids to the league left and right, which Ohio State's doing. You just have to be in the ballpark, right? You don't need to be, you know, throwing Texas AM money at kids, desperately trying to rebuild your program, Miami money at kids, desperately trying to rebuild your program. So I, I think if we're in the ball game, that's where we need to be. We'll get to a quick question before we move on. Benjamin on Facebook, what is the likelihood we lose a running back to the transfer portal? I don't think very likely. I think, you know, keep in mind, Evan Pryor still coming off that knee. How healthy is he going to be to start camp? Hopefully he's 100%, but you don't know. I really believe Tony Alford sat these guys down and made sure that they were all planning on coming back, or I think that they would have, um, you know, tried to find like a, a depth guy in the 2023 class. They didn't end up getting a running back. Um, and they've got, they've done, you know, plenty of times over the years, we've seen it. Mayan Williams being a prime example of they'll get a guy late that they maybe weren't going to get um, because they missed out on some other guys. So I think backs, I mean, maybe I'm wrong though. What do you think? Do you think they're going to lose any running backs to the portal? I, I do not. No, Trainum's not going anywhere. He's already transferred once. He's from here. He's happy to be here. Prior was hurt. He's going to work his way up. He made some very clear comments last year too about 
how he, he doesn't want to be a guy in the portal. Mayan's coming back to play. And Trevion Henderson is the most well-compensated of the bunch from NIL. So, and he was hurt too. Uh, the reality is, I think, with the injury situation we saw in the, in the um, running back room this year, they're all aware that people are going to play. And Dallin Hayden was a true freshman, by the way. So, you know, I don't think you're going to see any of these guys go anywhere this year. I think the other thing is if you're one of the guys who gets less carries this year, two of those guys are probably off to the NFL next year in Williams and Henderson. And there's just going to be more opportunities opening up. So I, I don't expect to see Ohio State lose anybody from that position in the portal, but you never know, right? I mean, this is just as of today. That's where I think we're at. All right. So – Man, we've seen a lot of good centers come and go at Ohio State. I did not think Luke Whippler, I was. I said on Monday's show, I didn't think he was going to turn pro because we've nope. seen a lot of, of great centers come through Ohio State. How many years did Billy Price stay? Five. How many years did Pat Elfline stay? Five. How many years did LaCharles Bentley stay? Four. How many years did Nick Mangold stay? Four. Three of them won the Bloomington, and Mangold's the one that didn't, but should have. He lost out to a guy from Minnesota that year that ended up getting drafted like in the sixth round. Mangold was drafted in the first round. So he won the real Remington Award, if you look at it, and then had a great career with the Jets, made a ton of money. So four guys. What's that? Corey Lindsley. Excuse me, Corey Lindsley as well. Five years. Five years. Five years. Five years. So those are the those are the five main guys. I'm sorry, I forgot Corey Lindsley, who I actually know they're his family now. That's yeah. terrible. You're gonna, get a, you're gonna get a nasty DM from them. <laughs> oh gosh. His dad looks like a lot like Corey. Like his dad looks like a guy you don't want to mess with um, for sure. <laughs> see where Corey gets his toughness from. But um, those are five guys that were you know fantastic centers for Ohio State. All of them stayed at least four. Luke's breaking the mold here. I know his stock is high after the Georgia game, but man, that really hurts Ohio State. So now you're breaking in a new quarterback. And you're breaking in a new quarterback of the offensive line. On top of the fact they're going to lose both offensive tackles, hopefully Matt Jones comes back. They're going to have Donovan Jackson, thank God. We'll see if Jacob James or Carson Hensman, he'll be a registered freshman. Maybe it'll be Carson Hensman or Jacob James. Um, I don't know, man. I didn't see that coming, and that, that really hurts. Yeah, I'm surprised. This is uh, – Whipler probably would have been a captain offensively next year. Um you know, he was kind of the glue in the middle of the line. And the thought process I think everybody had was, okay, we got to replace the tackles and the quarterback. And, you know, we'll keep cooking with gas. And unfortunately, uh, Whipler decided to go pro. And I, I, am I crazy here? I don't think he's a top two round pick. Like, well, somebody's saying that rounder. he's a first rounder. I, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to go in the first round. I bet you he's hearing feedback that he'll be a, a day two pick, so second or third round. Maybe he will go in the first round. We have a, we have somebody on YouTube, uh, GOJ, saying that uh, Luke is a first-runner, believe it or not, late first round, like maybe Tyler Linderbaum last year. I, mean, I hope he is. That would be fantastic. Like, I want every, all these guys to be drafted high. I just – I'm looking at it here, and I'm like, is Luke Whippler really? Like, I, I don't see him going before the third, and maybe I'll be proven wrong. Um but especially in the day and time with NIL compensating the veteran players like we were just talking about so well, you'd figure Whipler would have – and anybody in his spot as a question mark, are you a top two-round pick or not, kid, would come back and have the increased NIL compensation that would come with it, you'd think. Um, but best of luck to him in the draft. I hope he goes higher than I think he would, but I'm surprised. And like you just said, 
Jacob James and Carson Hinsman are the two that we're going to have to be taking a hard look at now to be the, be the one on the center. And I think, uh, I think Hinsman's the one I'm most interested in, right? You know, the flipping from Wisconsin, you know, big interior kind of guy, redshirted last year. Uh, Jacob James is the backup this year. He really didn't play a lot. I, I'm curious to see who wins this. I think that the Hinsman's going to be the name that everybody has on their tongue, but until we get to spring football, you know, it's wide open job. They missed out on another transfer uh, offensive tackle. Jarrett Kingston picks USC over Ohio State, probably NIL reasons, even though we started talking about Ohio State's catching up in NIL. They, catching up doesn't mean they've caught up. <laughs> you know, no. sounds like still like USC, there's certain schools that just there's more money being floated. There's just no doubt about it. USC being one of them, of course. It's almost like there might be a lot of money in LA. Hell, there's a lot of money in Columbus, though. I mean, we just need more than. You know, Brian Schottenstein and his foundation, they're doing everything they can. We need more big boosters like that to step up, frankly. But I need to check to see if I won the Mega Millions last night. There we go. We're one. Yeah, we're just, yeah, you went to bed very early last night. You, maybe you did. You're going to be the guy that, oh, yeah, I just, now I'm a multi billionaire. Cool. Guess Walk you're not going to shut your engine. Is that why you're just blowing off your job today? Get me a natty. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, so they hopefully they they've obviously know they need to land a, a transfer you know tackle they've gone they've been after like at least three of the kid from Rhode Island didn't pick them now this kid yeah. doesn't pick them there was another one that, that they missed out on I don't know man I mean offensive line is a big concern you lose Whipler lose both tackles now I think if they stay healthy Zen Mahalski at left tackle and Josh Fry at right tackle can be very solid even for Ohio State standards as first year starters but what about depth. You know, I think, you know, the staff is clearly sending out. I mean, we, we don't need to, you know, we, this is not like up for debate or anything. They, they obviously know they need an offensive tackle in the portal, but they haven't landed one yet. I bet they'll get one for depth purposes. I don't know if it'll be a starter backs. What do you make of all that? So I said this in the bucket this past week. You know, at a point in time where the NCAA is utterly spineless at the point that they're trying to, like, the only thing they can try to enforce is Jim Harbaugh not telling them about buying a recruit a burger. Right when players are being purchased and millions of dollars spinning around, who gives a crap about who's actually in the portal or not? Sam Hartman was in the portal for 13 minutes before he committed to Notre Dame, right? Right. Like, so if I'm Ohio State, I pull down all the film of all the starting tackles in every league in the Big 12, in the um, in the in the AAC, in the MAC, and go, who have we missed on? Right. And go, all right, let's reach out to that kid, see if he wants to come here. Reach out to that kid, see if he wants to come here, right? You need a tackle right now. Um, and I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, a – we're going to be interested to see what the OSU coaches do in terms of interior line too now. Um, because I don't think Whipler was necessarily one that anybody was really expecting to leave. Um, but it's very obvious the OSU coaches want another tackle, right? You know, this is what they're doing. You're watching their actions. They're trying to get one. This is not saying the tackles in the program aren't good, right? Or they're, it's essentially the OSU coaches saying they don't think they're ready to play yet next year. Next year could be another championship contender kind of season, you know? So let's get the tackle situation right and make sure our offense is still blowing up like it needs to be while they continue to try to fix the So I think OSU is going to end up with a tackle somewhere here, too. I agree. And remember, this is offensive line. It's one of the hardest positions to find high school kids ready to play at just because of the physical requirements of the, of the position. You don't have many 18-year-olds. Like, like a kid like Luke Montgomery, right? He's going to hopefully be a very good player someday. It's really hard to say, well, just plug him in and start him at 18 years old in the Big Ten. No, that's, 
you're going against grown ass men in the trenches. He's not Orlando Pace. As much as I love him, he's not Orlando. He's not going to come in. I know Michael Jordan started, but the offensive line was terrible that year, and Mike Jordan ended yeah. up being kind of average, actually. I mean, Paris didn't even start. Paris top fifteen picked it. Right. You know. Right. Like, 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 that's the reality there. That was a top five player nationally, the number one tackle in the country. Right. He didn't even play tackle for his first year starting. Two years. Right? He didn't yeah. play tackle to his third year in the program. Exactly. He didn't start his first yeah. year. They guard his second year. Right. And then they finally played him at his chosen position where he'll probably play for a decade in the NFL. His one year, we got him starting. That's, that's how it should look like, though, at a major program that's been recruiting well on the offensive line. How much weight can you add from 18 to 20? How much muscle can you add from 18 to 20 at a position where your whole job is to run over the guy in front of you? <laughs> you know? I just that's how it is. So we're gonna it's gonna be necessary at times to go into the portal to get some of these offensive linemen whenever you need help. Started the show with good news. Feels like the NIL situation's picking up. Then you know, had to, had to get into the other line. Um the uh the big in the room, um, the elephant in the room. But hey, now let's get back to some good news. Kate Stover's coming back. It's not new, but it's the first time I've talked about it on the show because it happened after we did the show on Monday. Great news. I wasn't I heard maybe before I don't know if it was before the Michigan game. I can't remember exactly when, but I heard from a source that he was probably leaning on leaving. I was like, ah oh, man, it's too bad. I thought he'd come back as a fifth year senior. Turns out Kate is coming back as a fifth year senior. And hearing Tommy might be following suit, that's huge news. Tommy Eichenberg, maybe as early as today, might announce that's not a for a sure thing. But hearing Tommy is leaning towards coming back and might make a, an announcement very soon. They have to announce before January 16th or on January 16th. Uh, but a lot of guys are getting out of the way now um, after getting their evaluations back from the NFL. I'm hearing Tommy's going to come back. That would be huge backs. They could not afford to lose Tommy in the middle of – they're already losing their quarterback, and the quarterback of the offensive line can't lose the quarterback of the defense too, which Tommy ended up being this year. So some good news there with Cade and hopefully with Tommy. Yeah, and this is a kid who was our best player on defense last year. So, yep. uh, you know, you can nitpick, and go, oh, he got burned passing in the Georgia game. Well, that was team. You got a linebacker on wide receivers. It's not going to work out for any linebacker, right? So uh, having Eichenberg back is something we have to really hope and expect to see um, from an Ohio State perspective of helping this defense take that next step that it looked like it was sort of taking during the year. It did take to a certain extent, but when the lights were brightest, it, it didn't, unfortunately. Um, having Eichenberg and, and Bill Chambers back at linebacker, I mean, they were both very good this year, and that's a good thing for Ohio State. And it gives some of those younger linebackers a little more time to develop before that they have to be forced into a spotlight role. Um, you know, and with the changes that we're seeing on defense, John Carter, Sonny Styles is going to play next year a lot at one of the three safety spots. Um, you know, having Eichenberg back big, and then we can just talk about how whether or not we need to add another corner or two in the transfer portal, which in my opinion is absolutely At least yes. one, yes. Yeah, yep. absolutely. All right, let's get us – we'll get us out of here on this one. We have a question from Jim on YouTube. Will C.J. Hicks leave? I don't think so. Um, I know somebody brought that up on Monday's show as well, but um, – I don't think he will leave. Of course, I was wrong about Luke Whippler coming back, but I think CJ is going to come back. I think he's going to have a bigger role next year. Um, he's more of an outside backer anyway. I think he's going to compete more with Steel Chambers. Uh, and if he doesn't start, compete with guys like Cody Simon. And I think, you know, those guys better watch out because I think CJ Hicks 
I thought he suffered a real serious injury in the Michigan game. Turns out, I mean, he was able to play in the semifinal. So I don't think he's going to leave. What do you think, Bex? I think anytime you have a kid who's that highly rated and he doesn't play right away, everybody's going to go, ooh, is he going to leave? This isn't Texas A&M guys, right, where those kids are only at Texas A&M because of all the money and then it's a complete gong show of the year, right? C.J. Hicks is an Ohio kid who was committed to Ohio State two years before he got to Ohio State. And then it was a true freshman. He didn't get to play a ton, but it was on a team that was working through a lot of stuff in a new defensive team. Next year, if C.J. Hicks plays as little, we can have that discussion. But even then, it'll be, well, there's two open linebacker spots the year after this. Why would Hicks leave? So, I, that, you know, every year, there's I feel like there's one kid that transfers, even before the portal, Dave, that makes me go, really? You know? And right. you know, so I, I'm really hoping that wouldn't be the case for Hicks. But I, I just don't see it. It doesn't make sense, right? Like, like there, there's no argument to me where it's like, well, think about this for C.J. Hicks. There's no good argument for him to transfer that I can see out there. So I don't think it's going to happen. I agree. He's the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday on Buck Nuts. It is the bucket. Thanks again to Bax. Thanks to all of you. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Go Buck. now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.